Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those who are called by God to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're teaching warriors to fight for the human heart because only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome everyone, this is Season 2 of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. My goal is to equip everyone with a, a bent towards spiritual coaching by offering training and truths along with much needed encouragement. And in this season, we're going to move forward from the philosophical foundation of spiritual coaching that we covered in Season 1 and move on to discuss the heart of the spiritual coach. Be sure to go back and make certain you didn't miss an episode of Season 1 because what is coming is based on what has already been. Uh, today, we're going to consider the command to be holy. Specifically, why would God give such an order? And then next time, we'll unpack you know, what holiness is, both intellectually and functionally. All right, let's roll with this. Uh, I hold spiritual coaches to just one personal standard, and that is holiness. Of course, you know, training and discipline and other things are important, but those are actions, and any sort of coach can be well-trained and disciplined in their field of speciality. For a spiritual coach, spiritual disciplines are a little more than just a good idea or an unnecessary but advisable extra. However, as important as all that is, these are still habits and can be performed without effect by very unspiritual people. Holiness, however, is different. You can't dabble in holiness, and it's not so much a thing to do as a thing to be, as someone we are. Um, I should be clear, holiness is God's standard, not mine, and one he set for all who profess to be his followers, not just some of his kids. If it seems like too much, you're going to have to take that up with God. But before you uh, give up and run off to, to complain to the Almighty, let's take a minute to make sure you have a shared understanding of what holiness is. Then, if you want, you can resume your outrage and your claim to be unfairly overwhelmed by the demand and tell God all about it. Take note. As I've already implied, this is not something that we should be... We sh this, this is not something that we should not already be doing. Too many knots in there. But I take the time to, to point to this because it's the epitome of hypocrisy and a massive lack of integrity. If we were to expect people to be holy while we lived in rebellion, impurity, and distance from God, that demands that we say something about it when training spiritual coaches. So um, we're going to talk about a call to relationship here. Even though holiness is something all Christ followers are called to, most don't know why. The best we can muster is, well, we're holy be, to be holy because he is, right? Uh, that is correct. But why? God's call to holiness is not primarily a call to morality. It's primarily a call into relationship. Yes? We need to beat that drum again. But let's make it completely clear that I'm not preaching some reductionistic form of the gospel by focusing on relationship while seemingly trying to ignore the cross and blood and death of Jesus. Just the opposite is true. Let me explain. Um, God gave humanity the capacity for relationship with them. When he created us, he gave us the capacity for relationship with them. God also gave us a free will by which we could accept or reject him. In an exercise of free will, you know, we rebelled against his offer of relationship. And that uh, left us far from God as his enemies trapped in sin and we can't regain our relationship with him on our own. No one can. Thankfully, Jesus came to earth as both God and man. He lived his life and gave up his 
ministry of teaching and miracles, gave us his teaching of ministry of miracles, and then he also died a sacrificial and substitutionary death for us on the cross. He physically rose from the dead three days later. He gave ample proof of life over 50 days and to hundreds of people after he rose and before he went back to heaven. Then he returned to heaven to his throne with the Father's approval, a mission completed on behalf of humanity. And the resulting good news is the invitation secured by Jesus Christ to accept the free gift of that relationship back into relationship with God. All that is affirmed and not reduced or ignored or downplayed. But, but do you see the relational implications and motivations in that? The gospel is in there, but the gospel isn't about sin as much as it is a restored relationship with God. You know, it began with it began relationally and ended full circle back at the potential for restored relationship. God made us relational beings. He gave us the capacity to be in relationship with Him. And when when um, Jesus was was done with His ministry here and work, we were we were given the invitation to step right back into that relationship that had been lost. The one restrictive command to Adam and Eve was an invitation to protect their relationship with Him. If you go back to the story in, in Genesis, and the one thing God told them not to do, it was about relationship. It was about protecting the relationship. This is the reason for all of God's leadership, to protect our relationship with Him. All His commands and directives are for the same reason. The God-shaped void He created us with calls us back to Him to fill the void only He can fill. And the command to be holy because He is holy is just more the same. It was given first in an Old Testament to an Old Testament audience and was repeated after Jesus died, to the church as it was coming into existence. The call to holiness is relational for this reason. When God created all the animals, he didn't give even one of them the ability to be in relationship with him. That is why they are held to a different moral standard. So when a lion kills an antelope and eats it, no one puts him on trial for murder. Not so with humanity. People have a free, independent will, powers of reasoning and inner conscience, an innate ability to know right from wrong, and the freedom to choose God or reject Him. In fact, we were made in His image after His likeness. This is not said of any other creature. He created us enough like Himself to be able to relate with Him. It took a male and female to do so. But being in His image isn't enough for relationship. break to give your brain a rest. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie to offer feedback, to suggest topics for future episodes, or to ask a question, there are a few easy ways to do that. You can message him on Twitter. Just search for at TRCSCP. That's an at sign followed by the letters TRCSCP. If you prefer Facebook Messenger, you can search for at PK Spiritual Coaching. That's at PK Spiritual Coaching. Or you can simply email him at carry at tworivers.church. As you might expect, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate us on iTunes and like and share the podcast as well as our Twitter and Facebook pages so that other church leaders and spiritual coaches can find this helpful content. All right, let's return now to our current episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We need to be like him in quality as well as image. We need to be like him in quality, in holiness as well as in image. 
we need to be holy since he is holy. If you've read your Bible and wondered about all the animal sacrifices in the beginning, in the Old Testament before Jesus came, relationship is the explanation. The Bible tells us so that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. No forgiveness, no holiness, no holiness, no relationship. That's in Hebrews and Leviticus and multiple places. We have to be made right with God before we can have any relationship. The problem is that sin or unholiness separates us. A blood sacrifice is required to cleanse that sin. Only death can forgive sin. Sin is punishable by death. Jesus died for our sin so that the possibility of relationship with God could be made available as a gift to anyone who receives it. Jesus was, in effect, the last blood sacrifice because his life was so much more valuable than the blood of goats and rams and bulls and turtle doves. Um, here's a condensed explanation of all this from the Bible. Colossians 1, 19-22, we're told, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now this may be a deeper dive into biblical doctrine than you're normally than you'd normally be interested in, but uh, this is essential theology to at least have heard as a spiritual coach. Better yet, if you're able to explain it on some level when the coaching situation demands it. So, here are just three key truths we need to pull from those verses that I just read to you. The first being that Jesus was both God and man. He was human and divine. He was Jesus Christ. The two names represent those two natures. Jesus represents his humanity. Christ reps, represents his deity. Um, he was fully God, but somehow in a fully human body. It's a truth that really has no intellectually satisfying explanation. This dual identity is the purpose for the virgin birth. Mary contributed Jesus' humanity. God the Father miraculously provided divine in place of a human father. This dual identity was essential. As God, he didn't sin, so wasn't punishable himself. But as man, he was able to be the flesh and blood replacement for us. Remember, he had to be human in possession of a human body in order to shed his blood. We know that um, the forgiveness of sins requires blood. So, um, as God never sinned himself, he didn't die to pay for his own sin. He was free to die then for other sins. So he was both God and human. The second key we find in those verses is that God made peace with humanity possible. Uh, and he did that through Jesus' blood. He made peace, reconciling. The word reconciling is in those verses. He reconciled heaven with earth. Reconcile is a relational term. Our evil thoughts and actions were clearly the opposite of holy or purity. We were separate from God, at a distance, far away. We were even his enemies, it says. We were unable to rectify the situation because we were impure before Jesus came along and rescued us. The third truth there, that God made holiness possible for humanity. God made us holy and blamely and faultless, uh, no longer evil, which allowed him to bring us into his presence. 
that holiness had to be provided for us because we couldn't earn or achieve it ourselves. So Jesus stepped into human history and rescued us from ourselves while we were full of wickedness and rebellion, far from him and still against him. If you want more biblical teaching on this, you can go to, to Romans and, and read chapter 3 and chapter 5, 6 through 11 and chapter 6 and chapter 10, 8 through 13, and you pick up a lot of this teaching. Holiness restores relationship with God. The, the God void can now be filled. With that theological framework in place, we can move forward to talk about the spiritual coach and holiness. God expects all of us who believe and accept the forgiveness of His Son and who enter into relationship, the relationship we were created for, He expects us to be holy. We are saints and are expected by God to act like saints. You may, may argue that you're, you're no saint because you seldom, if ever, feel saint-like. You may feel God's asking too much of you to expect you to be holy. Does that sound anything like your thinking on the matter? Well, there's falsehood and truth in those lines of reasoning. The truth is that God does expect that, that um, those that follow him are holy. The truth is that you can be holy. But the lie is that you're no saint. Your position may not always match your practice. But holiness comes not through perfection, but through forgiveness. It comes not through repair, but through redemption. God makes us holy. We have to accept and receive it. Gradually, our practice begins to come in line with our bestowed position. Um, not as a way of enduring, of, of earning that status as saint, but because we are saints, and so our gratitude and forgiveness and freedom release us to the ability, into the ability to show our affection and love for God who saved us and to do so by living holy lives. All right. Um, that's the, the basis here. Next time on this Two River Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we will come to a shared understanding of what holiness is and what it looks like. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. I pray that God can use this training to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are anywhere near upstate New York, specifically the Binghamton area, look Pastor Carrie up. He'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Remember, only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast.